0: Hello! Friday, September 4th. Football, NFL football is less than a week away. Let's have a feel-good Friday, baby. Great show, a lot of good conversations. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, go ahead and tell the friend about it. If you don't, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. Let's have a day.
1: I have a, uh, from our, a note before the interview starts from our research department uh-huh. that AJ... Does in fact have a uh, interception against Phil? Really? It was oh. in college. In college, yeah.
0: Wow. Oh, NC God. State played Ohio State. I didn't know that happened.
2: My sophomore year, Phil's senior year. Yeah, we went to triple overtime and we, we barely won. It was Phil was uh, he was up for the Heisman that year. Yeah.
0: Well, Phil Rivers is an absolute stud. Yeah. Is he? Is Phil he? Un- freaking yes, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, eight-time Pro Bowler, number six all-time in pass yards and TDs in NFL history. A man who's a legend. Dad gum Philip Rivers. Hey! Let's go! Yeah! Let's go, Phillip!
3: Hey, I love the uh, throwing the dad gum in there to kick it off. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, and I caught a glimpse of the tell end of that. I mean I caught the tell end of that story. Yeah, EJ did have a pick that game. That was a, that was one of the all-time I mean, that's still I mean I probably the best, one of the best games I've ever been in. It was uh, unbelievable to shoot that afternoon.
0: Now, Philip, you are known, everybody that talks about I got a chance to talk to Weddle a little bit about you, and I believe um, uh, there's somebody else that showed up in the DMs to talk about you a little bit. In the common narrative is hey, this guy loves football, like absolutely loves football. Did you, you've already signed on to be a high school football coach whenever you retire? It, it was alleged that whenever you came and played the Colts one time, the night before the game, you went over to Lucas Oil Stadium to see what high school football in Indiana was like. Is, is football is just your life lifeline huh that always has been i assume
3: yeah i uh i've loved the game from an early age obviously dad being a high school coach and i was a ball boy and water boy uh as soon as i was uh big enough to carry the water bottles and spot the ball so i've been around it since i was little but yeah i uh i love the game we did we did uh mosey over there to lucas oil and watch the little high school game and and uh, grab a hot dog i think there on a on a friday night or saturday afternoon when we were in town so uh Anytime there's ball on, it, it it drives my wife crazy sometimes because she'll go, "Who's playing?" You know, obviously it's a little different this year, but it doesn't matter who's on the TV. There's a ball game on. Uh, I like to check it out. I respect it. Phil, is there? I know you're you're set up to become a high
2: school coach in Alabama. Whenever that time comes, if you have you thought about any of your current or former teammates that you want to recruit to try to bring on your staff? <laughs> I'm smart.
3: Hey, it's it's funny you say that because uh, I've even had some coaches mention, Hey, by the time you get done, I'll be ready to get out of the league <laughs> I, said, I said, Hey, I'll need your resume and have to have to do a thorough interview but the guy you know, the guy that keeps me keeps mentioning to me is Jarrett Johnson. You know, we all remember mm-hmm. Jarrett, obviously Baltimore Raven and and a teammate of mine in San Diego and he lives actually down there in northwest Florida. So I've been uh I've been, I got my eye on him. He keeps saying, I'll come over there and run the, run the defense. Uh, but, but they all know, all the guys that know me, the, pro, the hard part for me is going to be not trying to call the defense, the offense, and the special. <laughs> I, I would be one of those head coaches that drive a D coordinator crazy uh trying to you know tell him what to call and what bliss to run so i'm gonna have to have to work on that
0: well uh, you know whenever you kind of give uh duties to other people you it's kind of a tough thing to do but let's, i want to talk about you and your energy for football i've talked to a lot of people in the building not just players but you're talking about athletic trainers equipment managers people in the front office even and everybody says we love phil like hey we love phil super competitive everybody likes him every single day he shows up and wants to be better did you Expect to fall into a situation like the Indianapolis Colts, where it's so perfect. You're, you know Frank Reich very well. You know the offensive coordinator very well. You know the system very well. Great offensive line, good weapons, good, uh, good franchise. Like, did you expect to the Colts to be a place that you were going to land whenever you knew that the Chargers' days were probably ending?
3: You know, uh, I wasn't sure, but uh, having, uh, you know if I was going to leave and go somewhere else, I couldn't think of a better place. And, uh, it's one of the things you, 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 have a, it was certainly a team I was pulling for, you know, I was hoping like, shoot, hope, hopefully this is a place that can work out. And, uh, for all the reason you mentioned, and I heard nothing but unbelievable things about this locker room and this, this team. And, and that's certainly been true. And it was interesting with not having, not meeting some of the guys in person, a handful of us got together and got some work done in the summer, but, but not actually stepping foot in the locker room until July 28th or whatever it was, was, uh, you know you're a little uneasy about it, especially when I'd been in a place for sixteen years and 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 been around the same guys you mentioned the support staff from the trainers to the quitter room there's just a certain familiarity that you have and and you communicate and interact with those guys so I was a little bit like gosh you know I, you didn't want to try to force yourself and to be some certain way you just had to be yourself and kind of ease into it and uh I can't say I mean I, I'm just very thankful really for how it's gone and the, and the month we've had and how we've come together and grown and still had you know built some of that camaraderie because you mentioned I only know one way and it's that uh country corny energetic passion <laughs> no I mean that's the only way I know and so uh, I said, shoot, here we go. First, you got to be yourself here at 38 in a new place, and, and that's the only way I know. And thankfully, I think it's been well-received, and I've certainly enjoyed getting to know the – the teammates
0: here you moved your whole family to Florida which a lot of old white people do whenever they want to
3: retire <laughs>
0: were you was there ever a thought of retirement or did you know you were going to come back and play because there was a lot of question marks in like the media world like nobody knew what was going to happen when you left the Chargers it was like what's Phil going to do he moved to Florida they're watching where you're moving to then the high school football thing happened it's like was there ever a thought of retirement or that Super Bowl we are going to continue to try to get this thing
3: yeah, I, I don't think there was ever a real thought of it. I, I did just feel deep down that my time out west was done, and uh, and that was okay. Uh, but so we moved there kind of just as kind of our holding place. Uh, I still uh, – I mean, me and my wife and older daughters talked about – I mean, we kind of talked about the whole thing, like what's the plan? But I, I think it was unanimous. We, we thought keep playing if – in fact, somebody wants you, and and it's a team that's got a chance. Uh, let's let's keep going. So, it it, it uh, and and if it came to that that, it, that wasn't the case, and, and the cupboard was dry and it was over, I was okay with that, uh, but certainly still excited to keep playing. And now I remember when the whole you know the, the coaching announcement, it kind of uh, it's kind of been in the works for the last couple of years, as far as I knew the where we were going to end up one day. But uh, the way it kind of went down, I remember calling and talking to Frank and Chris both to make sure they were good with it. I was like, hey, is this going to look all right? You know, all of a sudden I'm getting, I just signed to come play quarterback. (laughs) and I'm getting named the head coach at a high school. So uh, they were good with it. You know, it's funny because Frank said, hey, you've told me you're going to do that since 2013. So it was more so, uh, it was, it was the best timing for the program moving forward. And, uh, you know, it was no secret. I've always wanted to coach high school ball, but it'll be there whenever, whenever the time's right.
2: Hey, Phil, who's the uh who's the poor guy that's the head coach now just <laughs> waiting for you to come take his kid? <laughs>
3: Well, so the the, the, the guy that was the head coach there had been a long-time head coach in Alabama and actually won some state championships at, at different places and really deserves a ton of credit for getting this program started. It was a brand-new program. Last year was the first year of varsity football, so it's a brand-new school early on in the stages of the football program. Uh, so he, he, he decided it was time for him to step down. I think he's still involved, and so it was one of those deals. I was talking with AD, and it was, hey, if there's a young coach in Alabama that you want to go get, go get him. You know, by no means don't feel like you, you owe me anything, uh, but they were they were they were all in on having me be a part of it. So the AD is uh, the. Head coach uh, oh. in the interim, and then until I get down
0: there. Oh, I can't wait for those calls after the year. Like, if it, let's say you go on and win it all, obviously guys can be like, uh, "I'm about sick of being head coach." You, you think maybe, <laughs> maybe coming. Out? Well, we got to run it back, Dadgummit. The um, <laughs> Phil, the, the thing you talked about, Frank Reich, 2013. I mean, that's seven years ago. You're 16 years with the Chargers. You don't normally see franchise superstar quarterback just kind of end relationship. They move on. You move on. And there hasn't been as much conversation about it. But for me, it was a very weird situation because the team moved cities. There was the story that you didn't move your family. You were driving back and forth in like a a pimped out sprinter van or whatever. The pictures made the thing. You just kind of knew that your time was coming up there. Like, what was the indication that it was like, you know what? This is probably uh, for for the both of us kind of just time to move forward.
3: Yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, I I was appreciative of the way it was handled uh, as far as it didn't turn into this, uh, you know, a a big deal in terms of, you know, back and forth and not on the same page. I think really it was going into the the last season, um, you know, I played the last year out of my contract, which we were coming off a 2018 season where we had an unbelievable year, obviously get beat in New England. And so, uh if there was a time to extend, it would have been there uh but i again and I, I can say that was mutual as well i you know there was some talk about you know maybe adding a couple of years and then and then there was oh uh, well, we don't have to, and I said, shoot, I'm fine, let's just play it out and see where we all stand and so uh we did that, and it wasn't it wasn't the best of years to say the least, you know obviously it was uh it was, uh, it was a it was a rough season uh I certainly didn't have my best year uh by any means, and uh I just felt like the time it, it was time you know, you just felt a little bit of a I feel uh in the building that uh that maybe they wanted to move on but certainly didn't want it to end messy yeah. and uh i was kind of like well shoot guys I, I i think it's time too." you know as hard as it is and i hate that i wasn't able to lead that franchise to a championship but uh just felt like it was time and uh both sides kind of agreed to that and then here i sit uh over in uh, 56th street in indianapolis right now
2: so what's it feel like now that we're so close? I, I know the, the boys and Pat are very excited. I mean, NFL I'm football pumped. is about I'm that. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're Phil, hitting.
0: seven days, Phil. Yeah. Seven yeah. days. Phil. Let's go. Come on, Phil. I can't watch high school like, football, Phil? but
2: NFL football is back seven days. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, what's it feel like that it's actually here? Like for me, it almost just as a fan now, it feels weird. Though. Wow, we're right around the corner, man. They're going to be playing some NFL football.
3: Dude, it's it's here. It is here. <laughs> There's a little different vibe in the building even these last couple of days. I think we we you just feel game week game weeks right around the corner. You, you, you know AJ. It's a different feel when it's game week than it is a a, a day twenty six of training camp. It yeah. feels different when yeah. you know game weeks right around the corner. So um, you know it's interesting. I was just we were just talking with a couple of guys. It is weird though in the fact that usually you have those preseason games not only for young guys and men, and for a lot of us to kind of you know get going and get back a feel of what game feels like and for young guys to obviously get those reps. You also get to have a little, I kind of call them team bonding experiences. You know, you get to put on that same uniform. You've been going against each other all training camp. You actually get to go out there and suit up and pull for your guys. You know, so we haven't gotten to do that. It's been all combative. It's been all O versus D now for the whole month. So um, the first time we take the field together in the exact same color will be uh, Sunday in Jacksonville. So the guy, it will be, I know it won't be a packed house in the stadium, but I don't think there's going to be any lack of juice from from this group. We'll be fired up and ready to go, and I uh, just can't wait for it to get here and shoot. The guys are the guys are pumped. We get a couple days now to kind of to kind of rest. You know that weekend before the opening mm-hmm. weekend is always nice. You've had a long training camp, uh, you get to spend some time with family and relax a little bit, and then shoot come come Wednesday. Uh, it'll be it'll be a, a game week schedule, which we kind of simulated this week. Frank put that together this week, so. We'll be, we'll be ready to roll come Wednesday.
0: COVID-19 isn't the reason I won't be a packed house down there in Jacksonville. They are.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm pumped
0: for you to go out and put on a show, Phil. You didn't say it. I did. Um, whenever you played with the Chargers, you had one of the most underappreciated and underrespected wide receivers out there in Keenan Allen, right? Nobody ever talks about Keenan Allen. Now you're getting a chance, I think, to learn a lot about T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton is a guy that I was very lucky to see him come in and see him grow and blossom into the Pro Bowl player, but he's very underappreciated league-wide for whatever reason in the last couple of years he's been our only focal point so he had double coverages in a lot of situations now you got Pittman in there as well what does he look like and what are your thoughts on T.Y. and getting a chance to build with T.Y.'s relationship
3: T.Y.'s been awesome you know I got to be around him a little bit at the Pro Bowl a couple of times but you never really know until you're with a guy every every day you know on the practice field and interact in the locker room and and uh you know just shoot chatting it up uh you know so it's it's been here's the thing for me that stands out Uh, he's a great player the dude loves to compete i mean he loves to compete all the time he's competing and uh you know, there's something about great players that usually they all have that makeup and that mentality. So he has that first. and Then he throw in the fact that he's a heck of a player, unbelievable ball skills, uh, can still stretch it vertical. And then, and then, you know, usually, you know, guys that are speed guys, you know, and I'm not that I'm classifying him a speed guy. He is, he does have great speed, but you, you they don't always have great feel. And then, you know, I said this the other day. The best receivers you mentioned Keenan, but and and the others that I've had and been around um they all have great feel they know where the windows are they know when to throttle a route they know when a back shoulder is coming they know all those things and so that's been something that he has that so the timing and the understanding the the little nuances of routes have been very they've come very quickly so it's 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 one of those deals where we've had throughout the camp where we make a play here and there in practice and it's you would think You know, I just feel like you think, oh, yeah, so how long have that quarterback and receiver been together? You know, and you tell them four weeks, and they go, there's no way. (laughs) You know, not that it was an unbelievable play. It's just a little subtlety of a route concept, and we're on the same page because he has such great feel, and then yet I've seen the coverage and that route concept so many times, and that that meshing together uh, makes for a good combination.
2: Nice. Phil, I know you you played for Chuck Amato at NC State, and that guy is iconic, I feel like, on the sidelines. I remember before we played – I was able to play against you my sophomore year, your senior year. You were up for the Heisman, all this stuff. Amazing game. I remember my linebacker coach, being like, hey, now this head coach, he has a presence about him. I'm just letting you know he's going to be out there. And he's like, and you go out there, and this dude, Super tan, slick back hair, sweet shades on, and super barrel yeah. chest. Real upper. Like, have you ever? Is there any other coach you've been around that can bench more than
3: Chuck Amato? <laughs> no, no way. You got it right. I mean, he had the sweet Oakleys. He had the Jordans. You know, he wore the Jordan shoes on the sideline. He, um, you know, in the weight room, there was a there was a uh, you know machine that was built called the Amato Press. I mean, it was <laughs> the Chuck Amato Press. So, I mean, he definitely got his bench. Press in. Uh, he was he he, he was awesome. but definitely definitely brought the flair and the swagger, and uh, really, you know, NC State to that point was up and down, and he really kind of got that program kind of on the ascend. Uh, those four years where I was there, and he was brand new as a coach, and uh, kind of turned that turned the whole program in the right direction.
0: I heard you're a pretty good cornhole player.
3: Ooh. i'm not i'm not bad you know yeah. I, I had some good runs uh, yeah. this training camp yeah. we had a cornhole tournament actually last week yeah. uh frank frank canceled a walkthrough and we had a in the indoor i mean they had boards set up everywhere and i got knocked out a little sooner than i'd like oh, uh, no. but you know every not to make an excuse but every board's different every set yeah. of bags are <laughs> yeah. different i like to find you know the same the same set and uh and keep it right there. Well, there should be some
0: consistency in the bags because you need to slick side, you need to stop side, and the boards need to be a little bit thick here so we're not just bouncing all over the place. I don't know if anybody's told you, I used to run that locker room in I've <laughs>
3: Right. I heard, I've heard from Conti that you, you kind of <laughs> got the whole thing started. So now there's two sets of boards set up in the locker oh, room. Oh, let's wow. go! You right. can you can believe that was the uh, that was certainly the game played during during some big breaks during during training camp. You, what I'd never done, you know, you always played a fifteen or twenty one, the bust or no bust. I'm not a big fan no. of a bust. No, you, know? you go oh. through that. That's for losers. It lasts forever. Yeah, you're up twenty to one, and you can lose because you keep busting. But the the game, that kind of you know, that's the, not the, my uh, corner. That's not my locker uh. room, Phil. There's <laughs> no way you're letting that fly in that locker room, Phil. It mixes in there a little bit. But the game is the is just the four bag. You know, play four four bags down and play best two out of three that's the quick one you know you got a meeting in five minutes come on let's get a quick series in so that's kind of been the go-to I think for the most part so you're just competing in everything huh trash can toss yeah need it we're gonna go hey
0: four three bags all right we got what minute and a half let's go through you just love competing huh Love
3: Basketball, it. Basketball, shooting, shooting baskets. You know, shooting baskets in the team room. Yeah, shoot. If there's, let's compete in something. We can't yeah. And you know what's funny? Because dad being a high school coach, and my dad's super competitive, but I got a lot of my competition from my mom. My mom playing a board game. You know, it could be Sorry or Uno or whatever. <laughs> as a young kid, and now she's doing it with my children, with her grandchildren. She doesn't let them win. I mean, there's no, like, we play to win. We're, what do you mean we're not keeping score? Playing for fun? It uh, plays for fun. You can have fun along the way, but you play to stake and win the
2: game. That's true. Hey, Phil, last thing for me, uh, I know you're, you're all set up down the road to become a high school coach. When you look around and you see, okay, Sean McVay, Monday Night Football came after him, Drew Brees is setting up, we see what Tony Romo's doing. You ever sit back and be like, you know what, I could probably
3: go collect about 10 mil entertaining people <laughs> calling games. Doggone you know, it. I, it, that was the only thing I didn't mention to you during that time in Florida. That kind of got brought up a little bit. Uh, the, the whole TV side got brought up a little bit. Never really never really uh, gained any steam. But I think uh, I'm not ever going to rule it out. I'm not ever going to rule it out. Certainly would be uh, humbled with even any opportunity like that. But it goes back to what we just said. I think, I, 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 you know, it's hard to compete in the booth. You know, it would drive me crazy that I can't have an effect on the score. I'd be, you know, so I think that's the only thing. I think if if that ever came to, I'd still have to be coaching on the sideline on Friday night somewhere. You you uh, comparing
0: yourself to Tony Romo's game to see who won would be awesome.
3: You. Yeah, how about that? How about the post game analysis of who called a better game? <laughs> uh, Tony, uh, Tony's really good now. He's he is really good, and it's fun as a quarterback watching and listening to him uh, because he says he says some things. I'm sure for him early it was hard, and you know, shoot, he, I think he's great, but early I bet it was difficult for him not to talk too much, you know, too much in the schematics and all that, like he's sitting in a quarterback room because sometimes I, I was, I was listening to him early and I was like, yeah, man, that's exactly right. Tony's calling out blitzes and telling out where they're checking to run to. And I'm going to people at home are probably going, man, this is, uh, this is uh, high-level high level quarterback play we're getting from, getting from Roma It was a little bit of a lot.
0: A lot of fans felt like they were drinking from a fire hose at that point, but we felt
3: like we learned a lot. Tony Romo has set a new
0: standard. I hope you get a chance to do that someday if you want to. If not, Coach, I hope you get a chance to win a Super Bowl. We're very thankful you're in our city, man. Uh, everybody has had glowing praises for you, even back for the Chargers, the Chargers fans, the Colts, the Colts building. I mean, you've done it
3: right, man, and we hope you end up on the top of the mountain someday. You deserve it. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Y'all, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's been great. Uh, the community's really welcomed our family too, as well. And uh, shoot, we love it here. It's funny. I keep telling everyone we're looking forward to the four seasons. You know, we're looking forward to having a little change up. I, we've swam on Christmas Day. You know, like eight <laughs> or you know, sixteen years out there. So uh, I get quickly reminded. Yeah, it's nice. Fall's good, but you know, you won't be swimming. That's for sure on Christmas. So, but we're looking. We're looking forward to that. I, this locker room, and this team's great. You know, I think the big thing was it wasn't a it wasn't a fix it deal or hey we got a, we got locker room issues. We really need a, a leader in here. This locker room awesome, and it's it's not it's not by any means me coming here and doing anything special. It's you know we say it a lot. Frank has said this a lot to the guys. Be the best version of yourself. You know, for this team this year, and uh, I think that's what I, you know that's what I'm going to do. And shoot, we got a heck of a heck of a group, and uh, I always say, see if we got to score one more point than the other team. Each week, that's the goal. Score one more point than the another team. If it's 3-2 or 38-37, and, and uh, keep our head down and see what we can do. You guys want a game three to game 3-2 to this year. I'll be pumped. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I guess I'll ultimately be happy. I wouldn't be very happy. <laughs> but I wouldn't be very happy 3-2. to two. That'd be a rough outing.
0: Phil, you always – and sorry I'm asking more questions because the more you talk, the more I'm just Well, you,
3: you tried to close it out, and I didn't let you. Well, I,
0: you, the way you throw – The way you throw is obviously a topic of conversation for everybody, especially as you get older, because it feels as if it's a lot on your arm, as opposed to your body. Was that just your natural throwing motion early? And is it just always been that way? Did you move into that throwing motion? And do you think it is such a waste of time for people to talk about it because you put the ball on the money? It seems like every single time.
3: Yeah, no, I understand it. I think uh, I think it's going to be, you know, I, I, it'll be part of kind of my uh, whatever. You know, that'll always be, be part of my kind of game will be the throwing motion. I'll give you the quick, I'll give you the shortest version I can give you. So Take I, your time, I, I, time I, Phil. Take your time. We got nothing <laughs> but time. Going back to, uh, you know, being a little boy, the ball boy and everything with my dad's teams, I was around his practices, you know, I was five, six, seven, eight-year-old and throwing a regulation size football. So I couldn't quite palm it, you know. So it's in your hand, and I couldn't, you know, grab it. So you had to lay it in your hand and then and then push it. So we, me and my dad, kind of think that's where it started. And then as you get a little bigger and stronger, you still have that muscle memory and that movement's kind of ingrained. So although I probably could have altered it, I kind of kept it kept it kind of in that little slot and that little three quarter delivery. I do think it's helped me allow me to throw at multiple arm angles, whether you're throwing around linemen or need to throw it around someone. Um, and you know the only time he got mentioned was freshman year, NC State. Norm Chow was the coordinator. He sent the tape. He asked me. He thought I was injured. He said, "Is something wrong with your shoulder?" I said, "No, coach. I guess that's just the way I throw it." And so he sent it to Mike Holmgren, who he knew, who was in Seattle at the time. And Holmgren said, uh, "If he's accurate and doesn't get a lot of balls batted down, then then just leave it alone." So uh, we left it alone. That was kind of the last the last straw as far as do we do we tweak it or not? But so that's the story that we believe and that's been told. <laughs> Uh, but my son, who's 12, my oldest son, he throws it the exact same way, and now he's throwing a like youth football his whole life, so maybe it's just something something that we're wired to throw it that way. And when he was seven or eight, I said, Hey, Gunner, pick your arm up a little bit, just a little higher. And he said, Dad, you throw it that way. So I said, You're right, keep throwing it that way. <laughs> so, um, it may just be a may just be a River's Gene. I don't know.
0: Gunner is a hell of a name for an NFL quarterback. Oh, I cannot yeah. wait to see him succeed.
3: Hey, uh, so I've always said, you know, uh, it's my mom's maiden name is Gunner. That's why we named him that. Oh. But if he can throw it or if he can shoot it, then it'll work out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I feel like with his dad and how competitive your genes seem to be with your mom and what you've been able to accomplish thus far. And you have what? Like. An entire two teams of kids competing <laughs> against each other every single day. I feel like Gunner has a head start on everybody else. Ladies and gentlemen, perennial all pro, superstar, Indianapolis Colts quarterback, Philip Rivers. Thank you, yeah, Phil. Yeah, oh.
3: Phil, hey, bad, AJ, good to see you guys.
0: Hey, Phil Phil.
3: Phil. Hey How many kids? I'm about to get into the kids' world, I think which one that's two times we closed it down and opened it back up so there's nine there's nine it's seven seven girls and two boys so the boys are 12 and eight and uh and then the girls surround them three older one girl in the middle and three younger which what at what which number of kids was it like all right we're playing a little bit too much zone
0: defense right now (laughs) did that happen or is that not happened yet maybe we'll get to 10
3: well, I think you get you get broken from a standpoint, of you, you know, you get broken to really just let go when you get to four. You know, that was kind of when it, my wife said, I finally just then not the, the bows didn't have to be perfect in the hair anymore. You know, I'm going to grocery store with diaper in back pocket. You know, there's no more diaper bag at that point. It's just back pocket diaper and, a, and hold a sippy cup. We'll survive, you know. We have to go get some paper towels and change the diaper. We'll make it work. So uh, that's after four. But I tell you what, having the three oldest girls, so I have one girl, you know, now 18, but 18, 15, and 14, uh, that's that's uh, – they're like little moms in the house. So that certainly certainly helps out with the zone defense. Well, good for you. Now we're I'm done with this convo. Phil Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil. All right, so Well, let's see you guys. See you, man. Good
0: dude. Great. Legend. Hey, good guy there, Phil Rivers. Every By the way, everybody I've talked to in the Colts building – in every different department like this guy has been just a dream high energy high competitive every day he's the same exact person he's welcoming he talks to everybody in that corner in the locker room i guess he's really been popping off over there i'm i'm happy the colt's got him and he stuck around i mean that was a pretty long conversation yeah. for a guy in the middle yeah. of training camp
2: i'd assume major yeah i'd say i mean what it tried to the the talk tried to shut down two or three times and he he wanted to keep it going so yeah man i think it seems like a perfect fit, doesn't it, for Phil? I yeah. mean, we know how good their offensive line is, but it seems like a like a culture fit too, which I think Phil would have fit in anywhere, but he, there's definitely some places he could have gone to and been looked around the locker room day one or week one. is like, all right, this is not the NFL I'm used to.
0: You know, they picked him over Tom Brady, the Colts chris ballard basically confirmed that to us on schedule or draft night or whatever when he, mm-hmm. i said hey there's a report coming out that tom brady's team was interested in coming to the colts and you guys said nah we're gonna go philip rivers and said is that true and he said i can't confirm nor deny that like whoa okay so that means yes that happened and then once i'm starting to hear the stories come out of the building and how comfortable he is in that off like that offense is literally just like he doesn't have to learn anything he's almost like teaching people allegedly from from what to do i mean it seems like a perfect fit if he goes on a run and wins the Super Bowl here oh, yeah I hate oh. to hear it I hate to say it for the Chargers fan you will never see Phillip Rivers in a Chargers uniform nope. ever again if he wins the Super Bowl at the Indianapolis Colts it's happened with Peyton when he went to Denver I assume it's going to happen with Tom whenever he goes to the Bucs yeah, if they yep. win one I mean that's just he's going to be remembered as a Colt forever even though his Chargers years were, were obviously special 16 that's a long time
2: yeah he may have to take a high school gig in Indiana if he wins the Super Bowl this year
0: with the Colts i don't know I, I feel like that prep school he's going to down there in alabama i'm not sure like the butler bulldogs are even paying that amount of money <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. they're probably competing with like img yeah I, I think those prep schools those high school prep schools they they go all in like hey we want to win down here in alabama remember two days or whatever whenever hoover high was oh, yeah. all over everything alabama high school football is a big deal not how's cool. that microphone doing? <laughs> i saw you holding that thing the entire time is that still happening yeah, it's got the big boom arm connected. That's the problem, yeah. It just, the
2: clamp came off. I'll, I'll get it figured out.
0: He's been Are for 38 minutes. Yeah, it's been 40 <laughs> minutes you've been hanging. Are you sweating over there? It feels like you're knocked going through. Knocked a few things down. That's why I didn't want to interrupt Phil. Something fell. It knocked some big thing <laughs> uh, down. That's what that was. Oh, okay. We did hear that. The, um... G.C. Harbaugh came out in support for his brother at Michigan and said, free the Big Ten. Free him, right? Like, free the Big Ten, basically. Didn't he say that? Yeah, exact quote. Free the Big Ten. General Bob Carpenter has been exhausting every single source that he has (laughs) to find out what we're at. Have you heard anything new on the state of the Big Ten? Bob Carpenter is coming out and saying, hey, the ball is in the university president's court. They have access to the Abbott instant testing. It's the final hurdle for player safety, and initially they will the only (laughs) only conference that has it. The general. He's, he's worked up. He's in a foxhole right now. Hey, he's in the middle of a yeah, war. Wrong, yeah, what do you want from this wrong. guy? It's
2: been exhausting. Yeah, give him a break. Hey, Bobby, or Pat, you know, Bobby talked about on his radio show in the morning, uh, I think yesterday, about the red line. He, he mentioned it when he came on the show. And he, then he said how somebody came back at him for his, his, his grammar, the, the errors that he had made and his punctuation. He's like, I mean, what do I got to do, man? It's 6.15 in the morning. I'm in the middle of, of a, a segment on the radio, and I'm trying to redline this thing. I'm multitasking. Don't, don't come at me with my grammar mistakes. That's the general.
0: So he's, that's the general. That's our that's that's general. That's the general. <laughs> uh, it's been an exhausting day, he says. But it feels like... A- <laughs> he's exhausted by his, his hatred for the Big Ten <laughs> 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 Commissioner. It's a long day, man. like, feels like a like lot. <laughs> he called every single commissioner. Every president you read. Yeah. He called every president, wrote every congressman. But it feels like, he says, lots of progress has been made in the Big Ten. I don't know if that's just with his army or with the actual Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. There's still progress to be made. But the OSU president, Christina Johnson, making a strong statement for fall football and instant testing now available to schools. It's getting close. And then, obviously, sleepy emoji because he's had a long fucking day out <laughs> there on the General. battle lines. If Big Ten football comes back, Bob Carpenter might get a statue. Oh. And I am here for General Bob Carpenter get a statue. Have you heard anything uh, interesting? in ohio you're friends with bob obviously the general is it have you heard anything about updates or anything like that because you listen to people on uh on GitHub, heather dinich who went to indiana she's from indiana she said that nothing has changed nothing has been proposed to the president she said that yesterday now something it's been an exhaustive day yesterday for the general so who knows if something changed since then but i feel like there's mixed sources coming out on whether or not they're going to change anything what is your feeling towards it right now
2: well, I should have called or texted Bobby before the show because he is my source for all of this. And he has he has Heather, the sources he talks shit, about. Of the but I wonder if should we have him. Uh, I read the header, the Heather Dinich, what she said. Like I see both sides. I see Heather Dinich say, "No, there's no progress made. There's nothing towards the the Big Ten coming back any sooner." And then I'll see something five minutes later, and they say, "Hey." Oh, just got off the the horn with somebody in the Big Ten, and they think it's a very real possibility. Early October, they're going to play, and I'm like, "All right, well, what do I what do I believe?"
0: Dennis Dodd of CBS tweeted at 2:05, so roughly, you do the math, thirty seven. 38, you get it, 38 minutes ago. Multiple sources say no immediate plan for Big Ten presidents to meet to consider false start to season. One source says October 10th ain't happening. Is General Bob Carpenter losing this war right in front of his eyes? Oh, my. The Big Ten army that General Bob Carpenter is leading is not going to be happy to hear what Dennis Dodd of CBS said. And while we have to remember that there is, oh, I got another text coming through from Nick. Um Nick says during a state college area school board of directors meeting on Monday night Wayne Sebastianelli Uh, Penn State's Director of Athletic Medicine made some alarming comments about the link between COVID-19 and myocarditis, Uh, particularly in Big Ten athletes. Sebastianelli said the cardiac MRI scans revealed that approximately a third of Big Ten athletes who tested positive for COVID-19 appeared to have myocarditis and inflammation of the heart muscle that can be fatal if left unchecked. When we looked at our COVID-positive athletes, whether they were symptomatic or not, 30 to 35% had heart muscles were inflamed. Sebastianelli said, and we really just don't know what to do with it right now. It's still very early in the infection some of that has led to the pac-12 and big tens decision to sort out uh, of put a hiatus on what's happening now what isn't said there is what the other doctors who will immediately tweet underneath that report that says well that happens for the flu that happens for the cold your heart gets inflamed anytime it battles an illness and now who do we believe who Do we believe Mr. Sebastianelli, oh. who is, I don't know if it's a Paisan uh, guy yeah, or I not? I don't, athletic,
1: not my Paisan.
0: Well, that does not directly help out General Bob's army, that particular quote. Or do you believe the people that come out on the other side of it, they're like, well, that happens everywhere. This is the problem. This is the problem. You don't know. Who's right? What doctor studied fucking more? Who's, you know, you just don't know, AJ. And that General Nobody Bob Carpenter's knows. got to fight against that every he day. He does.
3: He's getting shelled in his foxhole right now. He
0: is.
2: He loves it. He loves it. I mean, Bobby, he lives for this. I think this is where he thrives the most, when he has a cause to fight for, where he can gather the troops and bring them with him. It's just his, it's his thing, man. I've known him for a long time.
1: Hey, He'll- Right underneath the, the tweet that you read or whatever, the, the very first tweet is how the Big Ten doctor and the SEC SEC doctor have completely different viewpoints on the...
0: (laughs) Is this just going to be the way our world is forever? No. Is this just what it's going to be? Like, okay, this person... And now granted, I I love the fact that we are now a society where we have access to more information than we've ever been. I think that's a good thing. I think people learning and, and all that stuff. But then whenever the same information starts getting pitched in different directions, I mean, that's just... It makes no sense. It's like, well, who... Who who's making the decision here? Greg Senke's like, I heard what they did at Big Ten. We looked at those numbers too, and it turns out our King James version of those numbers is much different than their <laughs> mm-hmm. fucking Bible that they're reading from. I mean, it is a very. I mean, this is a wild time to think. a side. That's I told, all
1: it is. I told you guys yesterday, I got a carditis. It's not a big deal. Come on, Diggs does have a carditis. He
0: can't do Jaeger bombs. Okay. KJ, can't
1: do it. Not a big deal. How do you-
0: How do you learn about that? You just did a
2: bunch of. No,
1: it feels feels like you're having a heart attack, and then you get rushed to the hospital, and then they tell you you're not having a heart attack, and then they Uh tell you what you have, and then then figure
0: it out. Every time your friends go out and want to order a bomb of some sort to drink, you have to tell the bartender, uh, excuse me, keep it with ginger ale instead
1: of Red Bull, Mm because I will
0: die here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it it a caffeine thing?
1: Yeah. There's a bunch of different things that can set off the inflammation around your heart that makes you feel like you're having a heart attack, but you're not really having a heart attack, so it's not a big deal.
0: I mean, I'm worried about it. Well, I didn't guys. know it was a fake ass. I, I didn't know you could have been having Vegas bombs and all that stuff with us. I mean... You know what I mean? Vegas bombs? Everybody knows my go-to. is like, hey, I'd like for well, like 100 a hundred people c- and then you always go uh, just 99 actually <laughs> uh, one with ginger ale
1: every I've summer. come around uh, because if I die I die but haven't started actually taking oh, oh. Kirk Cousins oh. hell yeah how
0: do you feel about Kirk Cousins coming out and saying if I die I die people hate him for it I guess people I did not know that there was that big of a backlash for what he said oh. but boy people are not happy with Kirk Cousins saying if I die I die
2: Didn't this get taken out of context a little bit? I know it was on Kyle Brandt's podcast deal that he has on Spotify or whatever. that Aaron was his first guest earlier. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly. I need to listen to the whole thing. But he's just channeling Ivan Drago with Rocky. If he dies, he dies. Like, Kirk obviously feels this way about it. But he did say, I still wear a mask to protect other people and everything. Like, he's not saying, like, I'm just willy-nilly just flying around. I guess he's basically telling us. It doesn't take up a whole lot of space in my brain, like worrying about
0: COVID. Which, by the way, here's Kirk Cousins, mentally tough enough to battle against Mm -hmm. COVID, not even worrying about that, not distracting. He even says, listen, if I die, I die, dude. Okay, I got film to watch. That's primetime Kirk Cousins. This is a new Kirk Cousins here. He's taking some heat on the Internet. He doesn't even know. You know Why? locked in locked in mm-hmm. locked in kirk cousins primetime kirk cousins the same kirk cousins that won in jerry world and the same kirk cousins that won down in new orleans in the superdome and threw a potential pass interference uh to kyle rudolph to get a playoff victory
2: well hey maybe it's maybe this is like you said new kirk cousins maybe he loves it he wants to become a heel right you're a wrestling oh. guy
0: does he want that if kirk cousins becomes a heel i'm for it because there's oh. nothing better than a super smart nerdy heel who just who loves, loves the bible who was that who loves the bible that's a good heel right there. Oh, a Bible, a Bible heel? Oh, yeah. A Bible heel. Yeah. Well, the Bible heel, if he, Kirk Cousins becomes that, and it's you like that every single week, I am here for Kirk Cousins saying, if I die, I die. You like that. <laughs> I'll wear a mask keep everybody else safe, but I just want to let you know 0.00001% eh, of me worries about that whole thing. I love Kirk. I, I mean, the NFC North, okay? You got Matty Stafford up there. He's back from a broken back. You got this new Kirk Cousins who, if I die, I die, primetime Kirk Cousins. You got Aaron Rodgers who's playing the best football he's played in a long time in his eyes and in a lot of other people's eyes. I mean, the Chicago Bears, you know, the Bears have a quarterback or two. The the thing about that NFC North is I think it's going to get very, very contentious in that NFC
3: North all of a sudden, Ty. Nah, I'm not worried about it. Packers are still going to win the division. I mean, okay. you know. I mean, maybe if Kirk Cousins changes his name to Kurt Cousins, Yeah, oh. you know, that's kind of a heel move. I wouldn't mind seeing him do that. But you I, hate the name Kirk. I don't hate it, but you, you know, pick. I
0: mean, I you think know, that's Kirk synonymous. Cameron.
2: Kirk Cameron change his, Kirk Cameron, no, from not Growing right. Pains. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that guy stinks. I would know. It's amazing. great
0: pull by Ty right there.
2: <laughs> yeah, great oh, show. He, he makes some waves. He's a. Uh, very religious guy. Yeah. He makes some waves in different comments he says over the
0: You're on the internet more than I am, by the way. I'm it's realizing. not the internet. He's not even on the internet. Yeah, he is. That guy's Common the, internet. That guy's the internet, the internet. internet. that guy's yeah, the internet, I would assume. That guy's Yeah, you're
2: right. Actually, you're right. I read the internet. I don't, I don't scroll through Twitter and Instagram. Like, yeah, that's where I get my news, of course. Well, my internet is Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, but yours is, I guess we just have different views on how we approach it. Well, the things you
0: learn about on the internet are uh, much more despicable than the things I learned on the internet. It's true. Oh, what what Chuck Berry I learned about that. Show's over. Show's over. All right, AJ. School man. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, AJ. Uh, Is there anything else?
2: (laughs) 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 Don't salute at me. And I was left-handed. I no disrespect. Yeah. 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 Oh, the military. Oh, Oh, General Bob.
1: That mic continues to fuck you.
0: Yeah.
1: Whoa. What did you say? The that mic, mic continues the mic. to fuck you because you couldn't salute right-handed. You're right.
2: You're right.
0: What do you got on going, doing, Pat? What's the stadium <laughs> thing? You working for Stadium? What's going on there? You- I have. Yeah, I've done games for Stadium. Yeah. What is Jeez. Stadium? It's a network? That's To uh... they do it on television? Yeah. Yep. Really? Stadiums
2: on the television. Yeah, it's all, you know a lot of the games I've done. They well, they air it's internet, and then they air them all regionally and locally. What what games have you called for stadium? Is it high school, college, NFL, college, conference, USA games? Yeah, and I'm oh, probably going to do dude. some this year. Oh,
0: wow. oh here we go! Wow. Wow. Breaking news. Hey, breaking news. We're playing. Is that breaking news?
1: No, not at no. It's who Shams is with, like or was with, or is with.
0: No, he's with the Athletic, athletic. isn't he? Both. Oh, he's with the Athletic and stadium. Mm-hmm. Is stadium a network? I believe so. Okay, good for you, AJ. Look at this. Look at okay. this
2: look at this yeah
0: <laughs> what games you call conference usa games how many games you calling this year i don't know we'll see hopefully all of them
2: let's break the news aj i mean let's break the news no news yeah there's no news to break yeah i've done i've done games for them the last couple of years it's whoa fun. i enjoy i enjoy okay. whoa. AJ, AJ. They're sending people i think they're they're planning on sending crews to the games and i'm i, li- I like that
0: let's go yeah, AJ. I, like that. I, like that. I like that we like that too you like that? how do we watch that how do we watch those? Don't worry about it. You don't, you don't need to watch. No, I well, would like to watch. Yeah, we're, we're watching. Watch. I'll let
2: you know. I think September 26th will probably be the first one I do. I'll let you know.
0: Breaking news. Wow. Breaking Six. news. Look at this. September 26th, oh. Stadium. A.J. Hawk on the call for a Conference USA game between. Diggs is searching right now. Trying to.
1: Memphis. Southern between. Miss. There's a lot of them. Who? Southern That's Miss. Southern
0: year. Miss. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they play tonight. Yeah, they do.
2: They you know, take off the season tonight.
0: Hey, I'll watch some film for you to see if you could pick up anything because I also called college football games last mm, year, yep. so I can yep. tell you the little nuances and what. Yeah, you, can can you break able.
2: it down for me? Will you send me like a detailed report? Yeah. on Southern Miss.
0: The big thing is don't learn any of their names, you know, because then you'll be yeah. kind of biased towards the ones you know their names. Just know the numbers, and that really works well on TV when you say, "Oh, number eighty-four just went after it there," and then everybody's like, "Yeah, you fucking <laughs> hey, he's on a Heisman candidate list." Oh, that's on me. I think that is how you should approach potentially the games if I were you. Okay. Thank you. I, I, will, I will I will. make a note of that
2: for sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Are you going to be doing games again? Nah.
0: No?
2: Nah? Wasn't invited. I mean, your schedule you had last year was unmanageable.
0: Yeah, I would I would argue that is accurate. I would argue that that schedule last year was a mistake. Hindsight, look back and say, probably should have died there. Probably should have died during that little run. You're glad you did it, though, wow. right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you know, I think I'm glad I did it. When you're in the middle of it you know you don't even realize how much you're probably just killing your body and your your mental health and your whole spirit and you're gaining like 50 pounds while you're doing it Mm. and you're you're potentially dropping right into the coronavirus capital of the world once a week and then high-fiving and shaking everybody's hands and then you're in four cities a week and you're just going 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 and then as you get like a month out you kind of like kind of decompress a little bit. You're like happy to be at home. It's like, all right, it's good to be here. Then like two months out, you look back and you go, "Uh, that was the dumbest thing anybody's ever decided to do. And that is, I think, what we all did. That was a part of that run.
3: What are you going to do? What What are you going to do? I mean, in hindsight too, we definitely all got COVID about two, three months before it was a thing. So we kind of, you know, eased our immune systems into it.
0: Yeah, legit too. I mean, they actually drew a circle on the hotel we were in and was like, this is potentially where COVID started. And we were there every single 17
3: weeks 20 (laughs) weeks in a row
0: (laughs) so i mean there's a chance i mean there's a chance but yeah i'm happy i'm gonna be home a little bit more this particular year but it's not bad to get back on the road i like seeing people like shaking hands well it's just a fine balance uh but it's not happening this year for anybody
2: pat no one's hitting the road shaking hands you'll see some people no one's shaking hands you are september 26th the stadium that way
0: yeah
2: yeah i'm not gonna be shaking anybody's hand Ahead, oh, jeez. Unapproachable. You? Not it's even like control? an air air fist bump, right? Isn't that what people do? The cool guys do
0: now? I, You know, I do like the, uh, I'm a big. Uh, knock it up. Yeah. Knock it up. Yeah. Pond. Do you think bullet. the, uh, will
2: the handshake ever come back? Because pre-COVID, I know people said like, hey, the handshake needs to go. Even before people were worried about a global pandemic, they were like, it's still not. Like, I don't want to shake people's, especially the right hand. They're usually wiping with that one. They don't wash.
0: Well, yeah, unless they're a lefty. Do lefties wipe with their left hands? Yeah. I would assume well, they go strong yeah. side, huh? You well,
1: have for to, sure. You have to. You can't unless they're switch hitters. But we, you can't be doing
0: By the way, I've gone. Have you tried to lefty? Can't. can't. Yeah. can't. Oh, my God. It's it's, it's like brushing way. your teeth, lefty.
2: Yeah, I've never so you done can't oh, I would give it a team. run nine months on my right hand. You can.
0: It's it's amazing how
2: fast the body can
0: adapt. Well, that's your body. Remember, you microdose yourself out of being allergic to shellfish. So I think your body's a little bit different than everybody else's. But the handshake is something I think was potentially dying off and now definitely going to be gone. A lot of Howie Mandels now, I think a lot of Howie Mandels, a lot of fist bumps or whatever. And I think that's good because that's the expectation of people now because there's always that moment where it's like the uh, the handshake, gap up, pound, you know, that whole thing. But what also is coming from this uh, pandemic and social distancing thing food delivery just leaving the food at your door oh, as opposed oh, to having to go out fantastic. and have any you inter- know that is a major upside in this entire social distance just they know there's no expectation for us to come to the car there's no expectation for a conversation hey we'll leave this right at the door and we'll get the fuck out of here whoo big come up for food delivery i think yeah you know what
2: hey no joke this happened to me two days ago we see this car pull up my like, all right, who's this some guy comes out maybe in his 70s wearing a mask and I, I see him I'm like man come on don't ring the doorbell he, I thought he, I was hoping he was delivering something nope rings the doorbell stands there won't go away so I was like all right I got it went to the door I'm standing there for <laughs> this thing went 15 minutes most like maybe longer than 15 minutes I was like oh hey yeah how you doing he's like hey, I'm with the uh, U.S. Census Bureau and you and uh, I guess you guys didn't figure you didn't fill it all out online like you were supposed to. So I'm here and I have to w- I have to ask you a bunch of questions. And I was like, oh, okay. And I sat there for 15 minutes oh, asking no. questions about who lives here, whatever, all this garbage the and then government state is this. Yeah,
0: yeah. they do that in Indiana too. Yeah, they got you. Yeah, they we don't actually, wanna, they I they don't want to out them, the dude or whatever,
2: but then we took a selfie together with his phone and I'm like, all right, I don't think this is proper protocol. Right uh, <laughs> you're in the deep state, man. Yeah, I've never had that happen. Uh, you know, i never have either. I uh, dude, are are you legally supposed to fill out the census? Like, do I never? If I got anything in the mail ever from the U.S. Census Bureau, I would rip it up and throw it away. Yeah.
1: It's your duty as an American citizen, good agent. to was, vote.
2: I, yeah, not you know fucking not, tell it.
0: Yeah,
2: check the tax records. They know.
0: They know where I pay taxes. They know exactly what's going Amen. on. You see how many dependents I got going dude. on? Why don't you call the IRS and figure this out, hmm. pal? I, you know who I miss show, showing up at the door? Hmm. The religious people. Mm. You know, the religious people. Oh, yeah. Aren't they
2: still going? You don't think they're still going?
0: Oh, I haven't had any come to my house in a you while. Know, no, a lot of those time. people were old, and they really shouldn't be walking around. Unfortunately, no, the Mormons are young crew. Oh, I haven't. I yeah. had never had a Mormon visit. Oh, uh, it's the best. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm very different than a lot of people. I want to get called in for jury duty. Okay, like I, I'm one of those people who wants to experience these things. And those religious people, they're showing up, and they think people are going to want to rush them out of there. No, no. I got questions. Let's have a full conversation here i want to learn about this it gets to the point where they want to leave you know where they want to leave as opposed to me there's no chance i'm too i'm too you know um stubborn to change my way so you got no chance of like bringing me into your cult or whatever but i got a lot of questions for you and if you don't have the answers i start questioning whether or not you're religious enough (laughs) then you should i be visiting you at your house potentially because i have a field day with those people i mean i love it and unfortunately i do believe the door-to-door religious folks trying to sell their cult He's not going to survive the quarantine. No, yeah, no, that's no, a sure shame. Not. That's
1: a damn shame. What's up, Diggs? Um, Some breaking news in the NFL. Here we go. Not super familiar with his name, but I did check the depth chart. He is the starting safety for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ronnie Harrison is being traded to the uh, Cleveland Browns.
0: The starting fucking safety's gone now? <laughs> yeah. This team stinks, dude. She what did we get
1: for him? Uh, fifth rounder. Man,
2: what the fuck? What's Doug Marone got to be thinking? Hey, we're just, we're yeah. setting on, are this all up for the coach that comes after me? Probably just hammering bologna sandwiches and just
4: well, setting everything. And
0: hammering away. his bologna, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is an interesting situation. So not only did they get rid of their starting uh, running back, 31% of their offensive production last year, not only did they get rid of uh, two of their most prominent defensive linemen in Unique Ngakwe, who takes a $6 million pay cut to get the fuck out of town, Calais Campbell gets traded un. Didn't even know he was going to get traded. Actually thought he was going to be with Jacksonville for a long time. Jalen Ramsey, I mean, you're just talking about everybody on their team. Yeah. But Nick Foles, Bowie, I mean, everybody on their team is just like... So if you're on the Jacksonville Jaguars right now and you're a good football player, are you trying to suck in practice so that you can get a job? Because it feels like you're not going to have a job with the Jacksonville Jaguars if you're good at football. And that, I think they're very lucky that this COVID-19 thing is not allowing fans in the stands or they can take a grandstand and say like, hey, uh, you're yeah, not allowed to have any fans in the stands. You know, we're taking extra precautions. Because I don't know how you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan right now and be like excited. Unless you are buying into the fact that, hey, finally our team is choosing to suck outright as opposed to be average and if you're cheering for a tank season that's got to be tough already but if this works out and they get trevor lawrence and the whole team turns around i guess we hindsight this and say good for them but that entire building is going to get blown up after this season if they're trying to suck just like it did for the colts whenever i was there whenever we got andrew luck
2: yeah you would think but when you were talking about that it reminded me or it had an idea popped in my head so you know steve nash just got named the Brooklyn Nets head coach. Right? White privilege, yeah, white privilege. Stephen A. Smith said it was because oh Oh, someone said that, right? Oh, Stephen yeah.
0: A. Smith, yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, maybe. Hey, maybe. We don't, we don't know. know.
2: Maybe. 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 I don't know. But hey. what if Who knows? Phil Rivers leads the Colts to a Super Bowl and then Shad Khan gives him a call. And he's like, hey, I know you want to coach high school. I'll pay you 15 a year. Why don't you come take over the Jags as the head coach? Philip Rivers? Philip Rivers, yeah. That, that, that's not –
0: completely crazy oh it's something the jags would do i mean i like the fact that it would the, get people talking about the jags they had those pool parties during the games that talked about the jags they went over to london that talked about the jags they had primetime games in the morning but it was only to show on tv because they were in london it does feel as if the con is somebody the cons are somebody that try to you know promote things get it going but with this team doing what it's doing, obviously sucking. I mean, we said this about the Miami Dolphins last year, and Gardner Minshew might be the same type of player as Ryan Fitzpatrick, where even if you're trying to suck, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to win a couple games for you. They were trying to get the number one overall pick. They got the number five overall pick, and maybe Gardner Minshew's the same person. But everybody in that building has to see the writing on the wall at this point. David Caldwell, who Michael Lombardi, who's former GM, calls David Blaine Caldwell because he's a magician. He sucked for so long somehow, and he's still the GM. Doug Marone knows that he's got to see the writing on the wall at at this point that whole building has to know like oh this is kind of we just get to kind of have a lame duck year here it does not matter what we do or say it will not affect the future because everybody assumes they're going to pick one person let's say it's philip rivers i don't Who says it's not Phillip Rivers? If they're going to pick one person, they're going to be GM, head coach, and they're going to be tasked with rebuilding that entire franchise. And I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know who's going to do it. But it feels like this is a team who is trying to suck more than every other team. And if you're a Jaguars fan, you just got to be like, all right, well, we'll just grit and bear this for another year of suck, and then we'll be good after this. But it's going to take a while to build that thing from top to bottom, and I don't think that's an easy process to do. No, it's going to be really tough. But what about David Blaine? Did you watch his balloon stunt? yeah yeah yeah
2: Stumped. kind of uneventful kind of uneventful i was like- honestly i wasn't highly i listened to him talk about it and then it all of a sudden i saw it you know trending or whatever so i started watching it it, it sucked me in a little bit as he was oh, getting yeah. up 15 18 000 feet and this guy's like, "Hey, i really need you to get some oxygen and he's like no i feel fine i started to get a little worried for him hey, and then when he cut free And you couldn't hear him. I'm like, all right, is he conscious? Is he did he pass out when he was descending or what? And then all of a sudden, bam, he pops up. He lands. He's good. Oh,
0: that's how they wanted you to think. I think I feel like that
2: was the they got you. They got you. you They had us. We how much money he spent trying to to prepare this whole thing. And he it's like a two year process. He had to have like 500 solo jumps. He became a, a pilot for air hot air balloons, like lighter than air deal. Like he did all kinds
0: of prep just for that moment. Sure. We talked about this yesterday. We think. David Blaine was competing against David Blaine's legacy at that point, right? What this man has done. He's locked himself in an ice cube, I think. He's held his breath underwater. He's done all these insane things. So whenever you watch this one, in your head, you're thinking, David Blaine, this guy will try to fucking kill himself Mm -hmm. to do something. And then as you're watching it, he's just kind of strapped in to a a test airplane that they're flying around with a bunch of balloons. Some of the strings on the balloons, by the way, looked a little loose and he he was dropping bricks out of his pockets and then you learn, we learned about 10 minutes into the, because we're getting a bit, I'm gonna be honest, the office had turned on David Blaine whenever that thing was started. When he was floating around at like 5,000 feet and he was just like chilling and hanging out. He was dropping bricks out of his pockets. Everybody's like, come on, Dave, what are we doing here? Now he gets up to 24,000 feet. We were impressed because that was very, very high, very, very cold, the whole thing. But at the beginning, we were kind of lost. And then we looked up 12 years ago, a priest in Brazil did this. Mm -hmm. He strapped himself in, and the last they heard of him was at 17,400 feet. Then like four months later, they found half his body on an oil bridge out in the middle of the ocean. So that guy just fucking disappeared, went too high, too quick, too fast, too dead. So then that's when we were kind of like back in. Oh, wait a minute. Is David Blaine potentially going to go to the stratosphere like Felix Baumgartner? He did not. He got to 24,000 feet. Still impressive, uneventful. It's not in the top three or five of David Blaine things, but we watched for 47 minutes just like you.
1: Would have been a lot cooler yeah, I, if like, I... missed the beginning part. If he would have got to like 18,000 feet and then the air would have started leaking out of balloons and he would have been in one of those suits with chains and stuff like that oh, and he yeah. had to get all those off before all the balloons were out of air and he would have plummeted to the earth. To death. That would have been cool. Yeah.
0: It was a little uneventful. He was too good. He's too good. Did
2: you want it to be like the um, the guy that no. the flat earther that built his own rocket and shot himself no. up? Mad oh, Mike. Mad Mike, take it easy.
0: Is mean. that what you were looking for? I will say that after we read about the Brazilian priest uh, that went off into the stratosphere and then didn't come back till a couple months later when they found his lower half on an oil barge thing out and out at sea or whatever, Ty Ty Schmidt did immediately say we might have a Mad Mike situation here. <laughs> yeah. We might have a Mad Mike situation. So once we found out that there was a potential death in a death-defying stunt, I think it heightened it a little bit for us. But I, that next 30 minutes was kind of boring until we got up to 24,000 feet. They were like, damn, that's pretty cool. There we go. Um, but it, this is just like, no, it's not. I will not compare him to that sellout no no Willend, no no nick will end i i, oh, I, I, I that hate stays. that guy like i'm sure he's a good guy i mean he, he, he might, might not be he, who knows he might be a prick he's a scammer He, he yeah. that guy there's zero thought that that guy's gonna die in there they promote it as death defying it's like no it's not the guy's gonna bungee jump over niagara falls or a volcano which is cool i think there's like 100,000 kids on the internet that would love to do what he's doing. And then I'm forced to watch it because it's happening and you can't take your eyes off it. And then by the end of you, are like, fucking hate that guy. But I don't feel like that towards David Blaine. But yesterday did feel a little uneventful because he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. He is good. Quick question before we go if that guy got
2: that priest or whatever in Brazil that strapped himself to a balloon and took off and they found his lower body on some oil rig out in the sea, Mm -hmm. how do you identify the body just from the lower half? Uh, The clothes he was wearing is how they identified him. Really? Four months later, like, hey, I think there was a dude, remember that guy that strapped himself to a balloon? Maybe this is his his legs. Yeah, I don't know, who
1: who
0: had an eye out too? He was like, all right, for the next three months, let's keep an eye out. We don't know where he's going to be.
1: Yeah, I think he was wearing blue jeans, maybe. there's a bunch of balloons still in his pocket. Oh, come on. <laughs> what? Diggs, <laughs> you're so stupid.
0: So you felt good about that one, though? No. Nah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You did. You
1: did. I don't feel good about anything I Shea do. Shea
4: Pat. Patterson jersey, so sweet. It's so not weird. Shea Patterson. It's Shea
1: Patterson. Oh, Charles Woodson. Patterson.
0: Have a little respect. AJ, we'll see you, Minyana. We're back tomorrow at noon. This has been... The Pat McAfee Show and McAfee and Hawk. We can't thank you enough. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. If you didn't, just act like it never happened. Big thanks to Lane Kiffin. Hey, Kiffin ain't easy, mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We got a chance to talk to him and a lot about him. Terrell Davis, Philip Rivers, AJ Hawk, and all of you, you're the best. Uh, we'll see you Minana. That's the show. It was a good one. A long one.
5: <laughs> but that's the show. The greatest sports talk show on the internet. From one to two, it's standard time. Come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on YouTube live. It's McAfee and Hulk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. AJ used to tackle quarterbacks and he's a rust belt kind of guy. that's the punter of the ticket for the 2010s. Kicking piss missiles to the sky. It's McAfee and Hulk.
0: And for the store. It's and is he on? Uh, he's getting ready. <laughs> is that connecting? What does that mean? Uh, he's getting comfy. He's getting in his chair right now. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Coach. Hey guys, how we doing? Oh. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, joining yeah. us now, head coach for the Ole Miss. Football team, University of Mississippi. Ladies and gentlemen, legendary Lane Kiffin. Let's go! Let's go! Legendary. feel good hey you are legendary lane i mean legit you you know that i would assume at this point that everybody that knows anything about football knows of lane kiffin everybody that knows anything about football has an opinion on lane kiffin and i want to let you know i can't wait to chat with you right now because i have looked on as a spectator as a fan of lane kiffin
4: well thank you you're you're one of the few that i think are fans (laughs) i think they do watch (laughs)
0: <laughs> well okay so let's talk huh. about that when did you stop caring about what anybody thought was that early in your coaching career did you learn that from your dad that you can't take anything serious or or did that happen throughout some of your trials and tribulations wherever you were
4: well I think initially I did like I would guess most people did um or do and then you just kind of get numb to it you know after you go through a number of things and I just I don't know when I figured it out but just figured out like all right I, I can't you know, I used to, when I was young, read, read the articles about you and what they say and all that, you know, the next day after a game and all the same. you know, just figured out, all right, that, that don't matter. You know, you can't please the outside people and, and quit worrying about it. You know, worry about what matters, which are the people internally that you work with and, and that you coach.
0: By the way, that's every profession, I would assume, that has any sort of spotlight on it goes through that. I remember being very upset that people hated me. And then 27 death threats happened. I was like, well, fuck everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Coach, that's, you got to do that, Coach
4: okay i think
0: we're on cable yeah yeah, 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 we're good we're on the internet we're on the internet coach yeah all right um how pumped were you to get back into the sec i mean obviously it's different down there but now you're getting a chance to go back in there with a team that has a quarterback that is a freak athlete i got a chance to watch him last year at the egg bowl and that team that was really i think it was playing great football and very young how pumped for you to get back into the sec especially with that team
4: well, it wasn't just about getting back to the SEC. Um, you know, it was making sure that that the job was a good fit and that you could win. And um, it was easy for me because I remembered old Miss from at Alabama. We only lost two regular season games the three years that we were there. And they were both Ole miss. So and and so it wasn't one of these like, Oh, come take it a place that's never won, you know, five years ago we won the Sugar Bowl. So it was a place I'd seen firsthand. My brother was D line coach here at the time too. So um i'd been to the town and visited it before and stuff and so i knew there was a formula here to win we just had to get it back
0: i heard i heard it's a great place i heard, dante moncrief went there and he was one of my teammates for a long time and uh, he talked about how he loved going to school there everybody seems to enjoy the the culture and environment down there
4: yeah it really is i think i saw something you know that we put out on social media the other day um you know number one college town in America and so um, wow. it, it really is a neat place and the people are all, like most of the South the people are amazing and awesome and and so friendly so um, yeah, it's, it's good to be back
0: I would assume Morgantown West Virginia just <laughs> wasn't allowed to be a part of that conversation I would I would just assume that was the case Lane there um, was there ever a thought that football season was going to be affected by you in the sec because i think greg sankey came out very early and he was like hey we're going to delay we're going to like kind of let the facts come in a little bit more see what we can learn and then the big 10 well ivy league i guess comes in first and they postpone then the big 10 then the pac-12 was there ever a thought in the sec coach's mind uh that this was potentially not going to happen or were you guys understanding that the sec was going to make something happen regardless
4: no, I think I think there were times that, that we didn't think it was going to happen or I'll speak for myself. There were times that I didn't. Uh, I thought when it, you know, first started, I was like, there's no way, you know, because we didn't know everything we know now. And I was how are we going to ever do meetings? You know, if everybody's going to get it, you know, and we used to think that everybody got it no matter what, you know, if you were around people. So um, I did not think for a while it would because I didn't understand, you know, at first it was like, well, so if the quarterback gets it, all the quarterbacks are going to get shut down, you know, for um, tracing. And so how would you ever play? And then all of a sudden, you're in the middle of the week. And certainly in the NFL, I didn't think was going to play because, you know, you got 53 53 guys. You got some people have two quarterbacks. Some have three. So if they get shut down, what are you going to do? So, but obviously, we've learned a lot more since then.
0: What have been the protocols to, and what have you guys learned that that won't happen? Because I feel like that is still a thought that, me as an outsider who's not in the building kind of thinks because you see what happened to the marlins in the Marlins situation where they got 22 people got it and that's allegedly because of two guys making one mistake and then (laughs) it kind of spreading rather quickly what is the 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 protocols that is like hey if one person gets it let's make sure that everybody else doesn't get it because i think from the outside looking in i assume that was the case as well which is what you guys thought before you got into the protocols
4: yeah they're still going back and forth on that as of now um you know if you if you have a contact, you know, that they deem that you had, you know, too much time within six feet, you know, you're shut down for 14 days. And so we're going through that now, you know, we'll get, we'll get a test in the, back in the morning and, you know, a safety will be down and then they'll talk to him and talk to the people around him and shut down two or three more. You got practice in an hour. So, you know, this isn't a hundred percent, you know, we still got a ways to go to, to get through this because there are some teams right now in the sec, um, You know, I heard from two coaches today that there's no way they could play if they had a game this week
0: that's alarming i think because what we're only like a week and a half yeah week and a half out two weeks out whatever it is for the sec what is the is it testing multi times a week like what what have been the because we get a chance to see hard knocks the first couple episodes where they show the guys getting tested every time they go in there and then in the locker room there's like plexiglass between it. it's like hockey boards and every single thing then there's zoom calls and spread out meetings is that how you guys have been operating as
4: well Similar, um, you know, not quite as much stuff, but um, we are similar. Uh, we're spaced out, you know, we do you know multiple meetings for like special teams. Um, you know, defense goes in, then offense goes in. We got to repeat the meetings and, and do a lot of stuff out in the, the indoor so they're spread out. Um, so <clears throat> it's still got a ways to go, you know. I mean, we got all kinds of issues still. You know, talk about air, airplanes and travel to the game and the buses to the airport and and they're going to test three times a week and you get tested on Friday and you have it. Well, isn't the whole row with you and the row in front and the row behind going to get shut down? So there's there's still some obstacles here.
0: How do you focus on making 18 to 23 year olds, sometimes 17, I guess, coming in, focus on getting better at football while also stressing to them how much they have to worry about standing too close to their one of their best friends all the time? How how does that even how do you balance that? That has to be quite a task, I assume.
4: Well, we, we got more issues than professional sports. You know, they're more mature, and for the most part, their point sounds like they're kind of on lockdown. You know, we, we got a whole other issue that our kids leave us. They do well around us, you know, for a couple hours a day, and then they're out in the streets. You know, they're in class. They're, you know, at restaurants and stuff. And the problem is, in general, you know, not just – Kids look at adults. Adults don't really social distance. I mean, you look at at the internet all day. Or you see you see things or drive downtown. Adults aren't doing it. So so kids certainly aren't. So you know they've got to do their best to do it. Even though most of the students they're around, they're not doing it.
0: Lane. What a situation you're in! Hey, hey, go coach football! Wayne. Go yeah. coach football,
4: Lane. Go, go, D- go coach football. By the way, you had no spring practice, so you couldn't work with your players. Okay, and now we don't. We actually don't have a training camp because everything is pushed back. Everyone's in school now for the most part, so we only have them a couple hours a day. But hey, make sure you go beat Alabama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did you let's, let's talk about alabama obviously coaching down there is something that a lot of people do whether it's either in between head coaching gigs or before head coaching gigs if you go there you're going to get a head coaching job there was always like this interesting kind of narrative about you and saban's relationship what did you take away from your time at alabama and what do you carry into your day-to-day from there
4: you mean, you mean at, uh, the rehab university? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody. You yeah. go there for rehab, you get fixed. And then they, you know, good behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't great behavior. I would go three years. <laughs> <laughs> what did
0: you learn at rehab coach?
4: Um, really seriously though. He, um, really to be more of a CEO, you know, I was always X's and O's and always worried about that. And, and, um, you know, spent all my time on that and, and recruiting obviously but you know, he does everything and so nothing happens in that building nothing happens on offense defense special teams he doesn't know about um and he just does a phenomenal job of you know getting everybody on the same page and, and you know every day no matter whether it's july or whatever it is is about alabama football and how he can make it better
0: so whenever you know that you're back in the same conference and i would assume the expectations at Ole Miss is, hey, we want to be the top of the SEC. To do that, you have to beat Alabama. What does your team have to do, you think, to get back into the prominence of the SEC? Not that it hasn't been for, you said five years ago, when a Sugar Bowl, but what does the Ole Miss team have to do to continue to grow to get back into that?
4: Well, there's obviously work to be done. They don't, you know, jobs don't come open, you know, and and people get fired because everything's perfect. So, um, you know, we've got some roster issues with some depth issues. Um, Now, when we looked at the job compared to some other jobs, um, you know, one of the big thing was there's some really good youth, as you mentioned, on offense, um, you know, some receivers, you know, an elite, elite quarterback, um, the starting running back was a true freshman in that class also. So there are some really good players here, especially young, but we've got a lot of work to do to, to build it to where it's, you know, a championship program. You know, so now your rosters look like, you know, Alabama or, or Auburn or LSU.
0: You said when you were looking there as opposed to other places in comparison, did you ever think about getting back into the NFL or, or is it always you feel like college is your home, you think?
4: I do. I enjoy it a lot more. Um, you know, a lot of coaches like the NFL more, you know, because you got so much time in the offseason and stuff like that. Well, um, I, I, don't, I don't care about that. I, I really like the changes. <laughs> I mean, um, I like the change of season, so you do football, then you got recruiting, you know, and you're working with younger kids and the, the one thing I didn't like about the NFL, as you would know, is I felt like, you know, 15 minutes after the game, you could walk in a locker room, you know, after the coach was done talking and you really couldn't tell if they won or lost business I understand that because there's so many games and it's a business. But it's so cool in college, you know, you got kids crying after losses and stuff like, I mean, it's so cool. And remember in the NFL, when you're drafted, they choose you, you don't choose them. So you don't really have a passion for the place you play, like the city, you know, the team, you know, you develop that, but you don't have that. Well, you choose your college. So the kids in general, a lot of times, choose somewhere they grew up wanting to play and have a passion for, so it just means more.
0: Man, I never even thought of that. Never even, th- by the way, this is probably uh, why you do well everywhere is because you can paint a hell of a picture. <laughs> yeah, that was a hell of a- ahead,
1: Lane, you're talking about learning from from Alabama and Saban to be more of a CEO, but you obviously your your career has been on the offensive side of the ball, being an offensive coordinator. So how hard is it as the CEO to give up some responsibilities as far as like calling plays or stuff like that? Are you always going to call plays?
4: No, I've given up some of that. Um... And that you really can't, you really have to, if you're going to do everything. And <clears throat> I think when you do that, you connect with your other players better on the other side, but you also manage the game better. You know, when I was calling as the head coach, like all the plays and doing it all myself, you know, I'm over there making adjustments while the defense is out on the field. I may not even see a penalty that happen or see something that I can help them with. You know, so um, I think that you, that you do a lot better job this way.
0: Uh, game situations are such a underrated part of a talent of a head coach or not like uh clock management timeout management everything like that i mean there is there's some coaches are really good at it and some coaches (laughs) are really bad at it and and i would assume if you're calling plays you can't be as dialed in on making the right decision for the entire team because all you're worried about is how this offense is going to do that's that's probably a big decision though for you to kind of let up the reins on that i would assume that was a pretty that's tough to make
4: yeah, but like you said, the game management, no. <clears throat> as you said, there's good and bad. I mean, there's some really bad game managers. In college, <laughs> people get away with it. I've never understood this. I see things that blow my mind, and in college, they get away with it. In the NFL, I mean, you get killed in the NFL. <laughs> you know, press conference afterwards and the papers the next day or something. You know, I mean, they're on it. But I don't know why that is in college. They really The announcers kind of let it go and, and – the media does too. So, um, but obviously, it's a value. I mean, you're a winner lose one or two games a year based off of if you know what to do in every single situation, and if you practice those things with your team, not just know what to do.
0: Your entire life, you knew you were going to be a coach.
4: I did. Um, I just always, when I grew up, I looked at the game different. You know, I'm not saying I didn't want to be an NFL player, but when I watched the game, I was most intrigued by the coaches because I was watching here's some, some old guy on the sidelines. You know that. He's affecting the outcome of the game based off of what he's choosing to do. And that just was, like, so cool to me that you could outthink the other guy.
0: So you're going to be the old guy on the sideline? That's going to be you at some point?
4: Well, this isn't, like, my fifth head coaching job. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
0: I went through the Wikipedia. Wikipedia. I went through the Wikipedia, and I'll tell you what, that song, bitch, is long. I mean, it is a long one, but it feels like you feel like you're in, like, the perfect spot for you right now.
4: I do. Um, and so my career kind of went backwards from, you know, what it normally does. And so, you know, I think what happens when you do that, you get so much so early, you know, you make mistakes, but you're making them on the national stage. Yeah. Because you're head coach the NFL or you're at USC or Tennessee, where most people are making those mistakes, you know, at whatever, you know, Coach Saban at Toledo or something, making those mistakes. And then you learn, it, you know, and then you finally get the big job. So I kind of went backwards on that. So, um, but valuable lessons and I mean how can you have better experience to be all those different places and work with all those different players and coaches it's it's really it's really awesome
0: resilient is something that i would describe you as because i think there was like three different times where you were pronounced dead by everybody i I think everybody the usc thing is a story that got blown up because of how it went and everybody was like well he'll never get a coach he's dead he's dead he's dead and then now here you are years later feel mature feel better than you've ever felt that's a pretty cool that's pretty cool little arc that you have going on in your life right now
4: yeah, it really is. You know, um, there's a book I refer to, "Obstacles Away" by Ryan Holiday, and, and he sent it to me when I got to know him and It's exactly that. Like, something you think may be horrible at the time, which I thought, like, I thought I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fired on a tarmac at three three fourteen in the morning or something like that. That do make you feel real good. <laughs> That's tough. Oh, and by the way, you're three and two. It ain't like you're zero and five. <laughs> <laughs> you play scholarship players and you get whacked. <laughs> But really what, what you figure out later on is, hey, if that didn't happen as hard as it was, I would have never went to Alabama and learned from Coach Saban, you know, for those three years. So you, you never know, you know, horrible things happen that you think of the time. they may be the best thing. I agree. I got arrested at like uh, 4.05 oh,
0: a.m. or something like that for an alleged incident public what? intoxication yeah allegedly <laughs> allegedly allegedly swam definitely drunk i mean so i mean <laughs> yeah. you kind of got to balance it out there what's up connor uh
2: yeah coach uh, pat mentioned the egg bowl early on and that's your guys's rival of mississippi state who also have a new coach and mike leach and earlier on he actually pulled your mask off <laughs> at a press conference was that the beginning of the rivalry and did you talk any
4: shit to him after no because that's just him that's like what you done as you know so I walked up. I hadn't seen him like for a year or something. And he just pulls my mask, and which you realize that's just like that's leechy. Is what he does. So um, he's an interesting character. I call. I call him when I call him. You know, check in on him. He's always just like in Key West. I'm like, don't we like have a game in a couple of weeks? <laughs> <laughs> like, he was. Yeah, that practice things over. Practice is overrated. He
0: was. He was supposed to come on our show. And uh, he called in two and a half hours late, right? It was two and a half hours late and just, Hey, I'm here for the show or whatever. Like, Oh, it was supposed to be like literally like three hours ago, coach. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. We got to reschedule. It was, it was legendary, obviously. Uh, as are you, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. What do you got today? We in the middle of training camp right now We in the middle of practices.
4: Yeah, we're in the middle of practices. Um, we actually, today's a day off, uh, with players, um, you know they got different rules now because we're 25 practices over 40 days so they have mandatory days off in there so um, you know they have a the day off and we're taking some of them and some coaches over with some local police um, to go have a meeting and nice uh, today so just getting and get ready for practice tomorrow
0: how do you how do you feel real i don't want to say burden but responsibility to do something like that Uh, with your players going to meet with the police to make actual change as opposed to just talking about. I feel like that is something that you, especially because college football is a place where it brings all cultures together. I mean, college football is a place that I went into that locker room And I learned more about life in the world in that locker room than I think anybody who doesn't get a chance would ever learn in their entire life to get in that locker room. I would feel like with the world that we're in, there's a real responsibility amongst you and the staff to be like, hey, we should probably enact some real change.
5: Yeah, there is.
4: This one's part to make sure that. You know, we marched the other day that you know the local police understand that wasn't about them you know we don't we don't have those issues here in oxford um you know with police so it was about things going on around the country so to make sure that they, they understand they hear from us and hear from the players
0: yeah it's always you know i hope the world becomes the perfect place but Man, there's always going to be a couple assholes. I just hope we can weed them out, especially from a position of power. I think that would make a lot of things better. But, Coach, I appreciate you so much. You are the man. Hope to get to talk to you again. Can't wait to see how you balance these protocols. It should be great. <laughs> Go win some games. Beat Alabama. Head coach, Lincoln. <laughs> okay. Woo. Cool guy.
1: Great. Cool guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We like Lane. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we like sure. Lane. We like Lane. Oh, yeah. So somebody what it. Al- what was it called? A... It, go to rehab yeah Bam's well,
0: rehab then you hear he, he was talking about how he was thrown in the deep end basically right like he was mm-hmm, thrown yeah. in the deep end i am learning these things that where nick saban toledo he even mm-hmm, said yeah, like yeah. uh he even said where nick saban oh toledo that's right that's where he learned where he was supposed to do what he was supposed to do good for that guy he was pronounced dead oh yeah numerous times he said, he said i thought i was dead 318 <laughs> in the morning or something like that yeah. on the tarmac
2: Ooh, would have loved to know him during his Robert Downey Jr. years, though,
0: before Bama. I mean, I'm sure he was <laughs> full of it. Oh Yeah. You know, sometimes you get humbled by things. Maybe I assume that has probably happened to him. Yeah. But if you're that young and you get thrown into a head coaching gig at where? Tennessee, USC, he, he and started, the Raiders?
1: He started with Oakland, and then he did Tennessee, USC. Then he went to Bama, and then FAU. And How old all was
0: he? Was he in his 20s or is he in his he, early he's 30s? He's 45
1: now. And Oakland was 2007, so it was 13 years 32-ish?
0: Wow. That's like, right? I mean, that's Sean McVay. Yeah, younger than McVay. That's why I'm very surprised that McVay's been able to handle it all because he's so young to go to the top so fast. But I would assume that that 31 years old. 31 was
1: the one who got hired. I mean,
0: if you have a little, you know, if you have a little swag, which I assume Lane Kiffin had, and you're a head coach at 31, it'd be hard probably – Not to be like, yeah, fuck everybody, basically. Which I heard he was like. And now he's kind of grown through all that, growing pains, and now he's on his up and go. Maybe, I hope that Ole Miss does well. I like Lane Kiffin there.
1: And when when he got hired from Oakland, like he had never been a head coach before. He was just the OC at USC. So he just went straight from the OC at USC for one year to Oakland Raiders. By the way, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah.
0: Cliff Kingsbury, now he he was offensive coordinator for a long time down there in Texas. And head coach. What's that?
1: He was head coach too, right?
0: Yeah, he was a head coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're 100% right. would was about- a coordinator in college. That The closest thing to that would be what? Oh, LaFleur, who was just coordinator yeah. for Tennessee, and yeah. wasn't even on a thing, he becomes head coach. But he was still in the NFL, so he had dealt with the grown men before. Has anybody else who's just been a college offensive coordinator go straight to head coach? I assume not. Tomlin definitely
3: not at
1: that time. Tomlin was, defense, he was on the Vikings. defensive staff for the uh, Vikings. NFL, and, yeah. Okay.
0: yeah, he was.
3: I mean, that's crazy to hire a 31-year-old, too, if he's never had any— <laughs> coaching experience before coaching NFL team I mean that
0: is that is a roll of the dice yeah that is a roll it's Oakland baby yeah right, let's ball at that point what are we doing just doing check down joining us now a man who is a two time two time Super Bowl champion he's a super bowl mvp nfl mvp three-time pro Bowler, three-time all pro two-time nfl offensive player of the year he's a member of the all-decade team broncos ring of honor and founder of defy performance incredible cbd sports drinks ladies and gentlemen joining us the founder of the mile high salute terrell
5: davis what's up gentlemen what's up Uh, hey man what what time was our call this morning somebody told me 11 o'clock
0: no, we Man, were okay. we were told one thirty. I was about to just ask you 1:30. what time does this one thirty call start. I was literally about to ask you what time does this one <laughs> thirty call. I was.
5: I know, Pat. <laughs> <Bad. laughs> that's what I say to my. My family, and my wife. I'm like, hey, what time is that 10:30 uh, call? What time is that 9 o'clock meeting supposed to be having? I was just preparing myself some nice egg whites. Ooh. I was preparing myself a little turkey bacon, oh, a little little protein shake here. I'm oh. just trying to get my protein intake up this morning, gentlemen. And then I just finished off a nice cold Defy Zero. That's what you need after you walk Yeah, you gotta put that in your system.
0: Now, what flavor of Defy Zero did you top off that incredible protein meal with?
5: I had the lemonade this morning. Oh, oh yes. that's our
0: favorite. Oh, yeah, yes. the lemonade's our favorite tea.
5: Yeah, the lemonade this morning
0: running back is a terrible position to be in right now especially <laughs> when it comes business wise now football game wise running backs are always going to matter especially in games that are important are important run the ball stop the run is all that matters in december january and february everybody thinks it's the other way around which potentially it is because patrick mahomes had success but they have to have a running game to do that alvin kamara Obviously, a topic of conversation I'd like to talk to you about. But I want to talk to you about Leonard Fournette's mindset. Yeah. Leonard Fournette gets cut from a team that was a sinking ship. But whenever we start thinking about Leonard Fournette's careers, first year had a hell of a year. Second year, he was hurt for half the season. Last year, he had 1,700 yards. Accounted for 31% of the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. It feels like Leonard Fournette's only getting better. Now he's going to a team where every practice matters, every rep matters, every film study matters. Everything matters that they're going for the Super Bowl as opposed to Jacksonville. So is that something you think that could potentially elevate Leonard Fournette to be an even better player than he's already becoming? And he's on a contract here.
5: Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, think about it. When he was in Jacksonville, you know, um, he just wasn't surrounded by a lot of, you know, talent, at least recently. Right. They started yeah. to kind of get rid of the roster. Uh, he was with Bortles, you know, a couple of years. Uh, last year, they just had quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew, obviously. Uh, is now taken over as, as the head quarterback, but Fournette is kind of been the, the bell cow. He's been the work workhorse, and the offense has always gone through him. And it seems like they haven't designed or gotten him a lot of help on the outside, or try to get more a more of an explosive offense. Now you go to a place where you're not that you're not the main focus. You know when they play a team, you play Jacksonville. It's Stop Leonard Fortnett. It's, it's always been that way. Well now. And this is, this is almost criminal and, and, and how they can allow this to happen. I remember the commissioner of the NBA uh-huh. <laughs> when there was a Chris Paul trade, and he jumped in and said, Nope, we're not allowing him to go to the Lakers because it just, well, for whatever reason, I get it. Leonard Fournette was released, he cleared waivers, and he was able to sign with the Tampa Bay Bucks. But wow, man, the, <laughs> the, the the embarrassment of of talent and riches that they have right now. It's it's incredible, you know. And so his role and he's a young back, he's only twenty-five years old, he's only played three years, you know, so he's not like an old back that's been, you know, is in his eighth or t- ninth year. Linda Fournette is in his prime right now, and you got him, Lashawn McCoy. Um, Ronald you Jones, still, you know a Ronald Jones who <laughs> it seems to be coming around. What what this allows them to do, Patton? You know this more than anybody. This mm. allows them to be able to be able to play multiple games. Brady's used to having an offense in New England that morphed every single week. They they their game plan was based off their opponent. Sometimes you see the Patriots run it forty times a game. Sometimes they'll throw it fifty times a game. Mm. Now you got Tampa Bay who have not only the game plan, but they got the pieces. They got the pieces that are going to allow them to execute their game plan. I can't wait, man. I can't lie. I can't wait. (laughs) Well, it's just like,
0: if you think about the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs last year, they have so many weapons, and Andy Reid was just on a dry erase board, just like drawing up (laughs) plays. It feels like Bruce Aaron's going to be able to do that with Tom Brady's mindset, with Tom Moore, who's there, Clyde Christensen. I mean, they have a great coaching staff. Now they have a great team. A lot of people have a lot to prove. Chips on their shoulder somehow. They're chasing rings, whatever it is. I mean, it feels like those two are potentially on paper on a collision course. Um, Real quick, before we continue, is that your
5: head above your head? (laughs) right there that's a good bus. that is my head above my head. oh yes. what a flex. that is that is, yeah that's that that is the that's the bust right there that is, is that's this my the, guy i talk to every morning right? i was about yeah, to say is this the yeah. living
0: room is this the office because i think that would just potentially be on I'm a cart next to me everywhere i go <laughs> i would have that thing everywhere
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's an, it's an office man i just broke him out he was in a box for the last uh yeah. two years two or three years poor guy yeah I know he wanted me to bring him out so I was like All right, I'll bring you up. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you breathe a little bit you know <laughs> did you
0: there's some people whose busts are terrible do you like yours you enjoy the way yours looks you think it's pretty accurate
5: I, I, yeah well because when they had it done <clears throat> my mom and my wife they were uh, they were like on it so the way it works is that once you, you when know, you get it um, you get in shrine, not in a shrine, once you get inducted they um they have the artist i guess they call them or the bus maker whatever the the proper name would be right and they actually make it and then they show you they let you see it and they say well if you have any comments do you want to make any corrections then you can do it and so they come out and they you know you stand there for a couple hours and my wife was in the room and my mom was in the room when they were doing it my wife was in the room first and then the second, once they they did it, and then they had a, they have like three or four different you know times where they make these adjustments. So, long story short, yes, I like it. Um, it looks 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 pretty accurate to me. Hey, uh,
0: there is some bad ones. What is that, Cristiano Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Oh, yeah, Deion Sanders, I think is is not great. I, I think that one is one that people say does not look anything like it. But if you have a bust, that means you've you know you've done pretty good. I think
5: if, did all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did all right.
0: Yeah. Do you think, <laughs> do you think Alvin Kamara and the saints are going to be able to figure it out down there? That is an interesting situation because next off season, there's like 13 premier running backs that are all going to be free agents. So you saw Dalvin Cook try to get an extension. You're seeing Alvin yep. Kamara try to get an extension. Leonard Fournette just signed for one year, so he remains on the free agent list for next year. I don't think he has any leverage, and I hate that. I like whenever players have leverage. But in that particular situation, I think Alvin has literally got no situation. He's just got to hope that the Saints do right by him and give him an extension.
5: Yeah, Pat, I, it's, it's unfortunate. We just saw Joe Mixon get paid uh, as well. Uh, the other day and the numbers listen i'm not going to look at a contract and say 12 million dollars a year is nothing i mean it please believe i'd love to make 12 million (laughs) million a year. all right so that's that's just me on the couch um but when you look at it in terms of kind of the um the market and where running backs should be you know i think christian mccaffrey signed for an average of 16 million a year um then you had um derrick henry i think he's averaging around is it 14 yep.
0: yeah and only 23 million is guaranteed though over the next two years
5: yeah so these these contracts aren't you're not going to see the big long contracts anymore i just i think those days of running backs getting long contracts are over i think it's trying to get as much as you can up front but back to alvin Kamara's the situation yeah i mean I, I i hope you're right you know uh hopefully the team is, is looking at it saying, Hey, you know, we we, we value you, we appreciate what you've what you've done for us and what you're going to do for us and we're gonna do right by you and be able to get him what he wants. It sounds like they're that they're 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 getting closer to the size of green on a number. I don't know know what that number is. But um maybe even like Dalvin Cook, like he's still battling with his his situation. So it's it's messy, man. Mm. Did you ever it's have any? Did best.
0: you Did you ever any messy negotiations whenever you were out there? Because you're like Mr. Denver. It feels like you are Mr. Mm-hmm. Bronco. I mean, this thing is still played. I think what, <laughs> sixteen <laughs> times a year or whatever yep. for the Denver Broncos. And if if I'm not mistaken, I don't think you were a first round draft pick. I think you kind of had to come yeah. and earn your way special teams. Did you get any negotiation ugliness uh, throughout your time out there in Denver?
5: I, I did not. Um, thank God. Yeah. So you you're right. I was a six round draft pick, and what happened after my first year? I was a six round draft pick, and Mike Shanahan and Pat Bowlen, and it was John Beek at the time, came to me after my first year, and they wanted to redo my deal. Um, so that that was perfect. I didn't have to hold out or anything because I was I I didn't expect them to do that. So after my first year, they, they redid my contract, and then after my fourth, year, after my after we had won uh, the second Super Bowl. <laughs> They came. They came to me again, and we re, redid the deal again. So, oh yeah, the Super Bowls kind of blend together.
0: The Super Bowls kind of blend together, huh? Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, hey, yeah, yeah.
5: One, two. I mean, yeah, who's yeah. counting?
0: Well,
1: yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> did I actually saw this week and had no idea that Anthony Lynn was on those Super Bowl teams? Like, so when like you have a, a team like that who turns into a head coach, did you ha- did you guys when you play with them, have any idea that like that that's what? They aspire to like that that he was going to be a head coach someday. No,
5: heck no, no. That, that there was there was no there was zero indication that he would have been a head coach. I mean, a, a coach. I had no indication that he even wanted to coach until he had retired, and then he became the running backs coach. I believe his first team was the Cleveland Browns, and then, or maybe it was the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, but that, until then, no. Uh, yeah, and people always ask it about like, did you know he was a coach? I was like, no, nah, not really. I, I didn't. I didn't see. It. He never. He never told anybody he wanted to be a coach, and I don't even think he knew it at the time. To be honest with you, I think coaching, as a matter of fact, from what I understand, is that when Bill Parcells brought him in uh, and kind of told him he had a job for him. I don't think Anthony Lynn told me he wanted to be a coach. I think Parcell saw something in him and was like, hey, I got a got a job for you. Uh, you know, Romeo Cornell is in Cleveland. We're going to give, you know, I want you to go work for him. And so I think that kind of got him started.
0: He's been awesome to learn about. On... He's,
5: he's phenomenal, man. Yeah. I love the, uh, the, the hard knocks. I, I love that, man. I like watching that kind of getting the uh, personalities of, of the players if you're not around them. And it just takes me back to that moment, man. Pat, you know, that locker room yes. is precious. It's, it's it's a place you can't recreate outside of sports. And when, when you're gone and you're not there anymore, it's the one thing that most players tell you they miss. They miss that environment. They miss joking around with the players, going to a, a specific place and just having your time with your buddies, put in the work, and then I've, ultimately you're trying to fight for a common goal. But it's the it's the times off the field in the locker room when uh, are the most memorable times that I can think of.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of ex-players like Hard Knocks more than the public does. I mean, it, it seemed, the public, <laughs> it, it, I guess nobody's watching. I'm not happy. I am not no happy. No one's not
5: watching but, it? Wait, no one's watching Hard Knocks? I get oh, That man. is,
0: I don't know. I didn't, Unfortunately. Literally, is- I don't think so. Yeah, if you, every time I, so the way I gauge things is, if i tweet about it or talk about it what's the reaction like are, are the same right. amount of people and this year more so than any other there's been not so like i literally yeah wow. it's it kind of become a bu- a buzzkill you would you
5: would think this would be the year because there is not a, i mean there's there's more live programming coming back online but you would think more than any year that more people are watching television um at, at least watching some type of some form of sport uh reality tv right Yeah. Like, that's associated with sports and, and none okay well that's i guess
0: i mean everybody's saying you're watching on demand or whatever but it still does not i mean i think the people that watch it love it and then i think the people are like i ah, kind of moved on for a like, what are you doing tv wise this fall are you still with nfl network
5: yeah i'm with the network and uh <clears throat> we're doing everything from home uh until they tell us differently.
0: Oh, is that why Big Bus came out? Like, hey, you had to flex on uh, NFL Network there? That's right, because that's Hall of Fame no, City over I'm there.
5: Cha- I'm going to change that back. I'm going to change that. I'm no, gonna... <laughs> no, keep David, him in there. Great. He
0: deserves I'm to a, be a, in I'm there.
5: A, I'm going to put something else back there. Bro. No, 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 back there. no. Maybe the
0: three Super Bowls. Maybe maybe he put the Super Bowl rings up there. Yeah, maybe
5: the... Yeah, maybe I'll put a Lombardi trophy back there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That trophy is going to be renamed, by the way. It's going to be called the Belichick. And, and when he retires, they're going to take that name because that, that man is –
0: Hey, best coach of all time, huh? No questions asked.
5: Yeah. So the question to me is, like, what happens if they If – let's say Tampa wins it. Not Tampa, excuse me. New England wins the Super Bowl this year. It, to me, there has to be – they have to forget the bylaws of the five-year waiting period to name yeah. – he would be the first active coach – that didn't have to go through the five-year waiting period, They'd, they'd have to change the bylaws of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and put that man in a Hall of Fame right now. Hey, he, if the Patriots win, no, they don't have to win it. If the Patriots go to the playoffs. They need to go ahead and change
0: that. Well, I think all of—I don't think Bill Belichick would accept it if it just happened no. after a playoff. And I feel like that is why the man is the man. He's just—it feels like he's always cooking. And now that the dynasty is releasing some information, that book that was released yesterday about Tom and uh, uh, Bill's relationship and how you know he was called fucking Johnny Foxborough is what they said that you called him up what? there. Yeah, they, that, there's a new book out there, a guy named Jeff Benedict who is a bit long-winded if you talk to him in person, but I guess his books are awesome. We had him on the show yesterday, TD. It was... I mean, it was... It it was tough. But the book (laughs) is uh, detailing the relationship between Bill and Tom and craft having the, uh, the dynamic of it all and he literally coached tom as if he was a rookie and he coaches everybody as if they're rookies all the way up until like his 20th year six super bowls later and the fact that he's able to do that get people to buy in and it, now if he does it in a completely different fashion with a new offense i would assume with cam newton because he's going to be able to utilize whatever cam Newton's strengths are i think the people who are doubters of him would have to come around and be like yeah, son of a bitch is good. I mean, he's the greatest Shit. of all time. The guy's the greatest of all time. He's so good at coaching football.
5: Do you know – I, I don't know anybody who doubts the man. Do you, do you have – you know oh, anybody who doubts?
0: Yeah, yeah. you got to remember, here in Indianapolis, yeah. there's a lot of people that hate him. I mean, oh, they're yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, they'll, a lot of they'll, people.
5: They'll, they'll point to all the, the videotapes. Yeah. They'll they'll point to the, oh, yeah. the flake gates no, and all no. that, you know. yeah. You know yeah. the the whatever the, they whatever they've done and didn't get caught doing, I guess, is what people will point to say, "Well, they're cheaters." <laughs> I'm Like, well, hey, I know I tried to cheat. What was that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hey, that was the people, by the way. That was the people. That might have
5: been my. That might have been the, the bust. No, the busting falls. So <laughs> but yeah, you're right.
0: And I think that's why players and coaches who have been in the NFL. Have a much different view on bill belichick in those all those spy gates and everything like that it's like well if any other team could have done it I, they would have done it like that is that's kind of i think how a lot of players and coaches who've been in the nfl kind of view they're like uh yeah if if we could have got away with that we would have done that in a heartbeat we just didn't think of it no doubt yeah that's no just doubt. The way it is, no doubt
5: I, I think we've all tried it we try to we've all tried to push push the envelope try to push the limits on especially when it comes to like when they say like let's say the brain the the football thing i i I have no problems with that just because when we get ready to play a game you see guys who cut their pads my fact you're supposed to have pads in your pants and there's a lot of guys who don't have pads in their pants and so you don't think they have an advantage when it comes to speed and movement and how they feel yeah you, you feel better and so all linemen taping up their their jerseys, putting Vaseline all on their on their on their, their arms. You know, there's all kind of techniques that players use on the field to gain an advantage. So they feel better, so they can play better. A quarterback deflating the ball to where he feels like he can grip it, so what? Well so what? I mean, I was like on that, that coach team.
0: T D. If those hey, balls were I, fully inflated, hey, hold hold we don't up, lose Pat. by 50.
5: <laughs> hold up. But wait, Pat, if I recall that game, you guys were at the second half was worse than the first half. Okay. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. If I recall, hey, you know the beatdown beat was worse in the second half with a fully inflated football
0: do you know why <laughs> we hated that the Deflategate gate was carrying on for like two years uh as Colts players because we we're like we don't think this is a big deal we did not say anything about this and now every single time it gets brought up we just get reminded that in the AFC championship game we lost by 200 points like, <laughs> if we could move on from this entire thing it would be great nothing carried on for so 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 long
5: uh TD, okay, you
0: think the Denver Broncos is gonna win it all
5: no, I don't think they'll win at all. I think for them, it's taking steps. Uh, I, I do love where they are. I, I just love their how they retooled. I love Drew Lock. You know, this might be premature and my praise for him, but I, I've seen everything I need to see from a young quarterback, Ooh. a rising star, right? Mm. Um, it's, and then listen, I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes.
0: Mm, it sure sounds like it. You,
5: yeah. No, but but, yeah. but here's here's what here's what I am comparing him to Patrick is. That swag and that infectious personality—one um, where the players they they see it and they respond to it. When he takes the field and when he's back there, they're, they play different. They play differently when he was in there, and they know he's got the he's got the physical talents to be able to execute and, and get them the football. And his his confidence level is is through the roof. He's you know he drives what he he he's he's connected with them or he, he, on he on a level that's that's that to me is next level stuff right it's like it's it's already there like them cats when you talk, when you t- when you mention Duloc's name to any of those guys on that team man the first reaction you get is a smile
0: that's good right news. you get a
5: you get a smile and a handshake like man and that's good now he's got a he's got to obviously grow in a, in a lot of departments but that's just that's just being a young quarterback. You know, but he's football wise, he knows his stuff. He's been at Missouri, man. He played in all kinds of offenses and stuff and had to really learn. It seemed like an offense every single year. So the small sample size that I saw from him last year, I'm encouraged that that continues. And then you add all the weapons. You get, you know, Jerry Judy in the drives, You get KJ Hamler. You, you know, you have Noah Fant there. You still have Cortland Sutton. They're, 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 and then you get in Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsey. So they. They stack. They're stacking. They're a young team too, Pat. They're they're young. So let's just, you know, that's why I say I want to see another step this year. If they can get to, to me, ten wins this year, nine, ten wins, I'm, then I'm I'm pleased to see them get nine or ten wins.
0: That video of him rapping on the bench. Okay. Yeah. Start, yeah. As soon as I saw that video, everybody was like talking about how cool it was and i was like uh that guy's got it like that, that guy like and it's i think exactly. it's it's viewing something differently it's like if you're that comfortable by the way and you're you're that radiates through the locker room like for everybody and you can't really teach that type of thing but as soon as i right. saw the video i was like oh drew Locke, like this guy's got it like and then he answered he got it, it. and he didn't even know what happened he said in the press conference afterwards it's like that guy's got it and i hope he figures yeah. it out
5: yeah i agree it's being in and, 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 and no other position can have that impact on the team other than that one, which is – because that's that's the one. Go so ahead. he's uh, – I'm looking forward to seeing him play.
1: Go ahead, D.D., have you heard anything how they're going to handle the uh, backfield with uh, Philip Lindsay and Melvin? Melvin Gordon?
5: What I've heard was it's, it, it's probably going to be based off uh, kind of week-to-week deal. Um, and the reason is, like – you know, Melvin's probably going to be the the main guy because I think just from physically he he's you know he's a bigger guy, kind of kind of guy you start off with. and you throw Philip Lindsay in the mix, but it's probably going to dictate. You know, if if you get into a game and Melvin gets gets hot, yeah, he'll, he'll probably get the bulk of the touches. If Philip Lindsey gets hot, you know he he you know he'll get the bulk of the touches. But um, I know they certainly want to stretch the field. They want to be a more explosive offense. Um, and that's why they brought in Pat Shermer to to kind of get this offense to to be one that is that's, that's that, you know you have to compete with the Kansas Cities of this world, and that's why you know the the days of going defensively, uh, going defensive, and saying we don't hold a team to twenty points. Uh, That strategy against Kansas City may not work. So you got to fight fight fire with fire, man.
0: Well, time of possession does not matter. Bruce Aaron said it this morning. I don't care how long we got it. I just want to know what we're doing with it. That is all I care about. And I think everybody's viewing that, especially with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are loaded up. It's an offensive league. That's just the way it is. Can't thank you enough for you and your bust joining us today. Ladies and gentlemen, founder of Defy Performance. Go
5: to to drinkdefy.com, man, and support us.
0: Hey, we're going to buy a bunch for the office over here. I'll do that. Defi- the 5-0 the is my, our favorite over here because, you know, I'm getting ripped up.
5: I don't know right. if you know oh, that. I understand. I understand. I'm, t- I'm trying to get on that, too. Hey, hey, oh, hey, hey. Oh. Ooh. Ladies Ooh. and
0: gentlemen, <laughs> Terrell Davis. Thank That's you. Yeah. 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 Right. See you, man. Can't thank you enough. For choosing to listen to this show. For allowing us to penetrate your ear holes on my guests. Can't thank them enough for the conversation. To all the boys for their tireless work ethic. So, so thankful. Next week we venture into a new journey with Sirius. This podcast will be moving to a daily podcast. We will not have a podcast uh, on Monday or Tuesday because of Labor Day. The boys and I are taking off because we're about to make a run through the fall. Five podcasts a week coming out from me. I'll be live on YouTube and Sirius, and we can't thank you enough for rocking with us. Uh, have the best weekend you could possibly have under the conditions that we're currently in. And Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.